What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. How do you plead guilty or not guilty? Oh, guilty, but with a real good excuse. Call the first witness. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! This trial is a travesty. It's a travesty of a mockery, of a sham, of a mockery, of a travesty, of two mockeries, of a sham. Yeah, what he said. New England wakes up buzzed. It's Greg in the morning buzz. Yeah, baby, Legal Tuesday, Buzz Legal Advisor, looking sharp. Uh, Ryan Russman in today. What do we got on the tie today? What do we got, say again? Today we're going with the pink flamingo tie. <laughs> Yes, the pink yeah. flamingo tie. Wonderful bird. Well, wonderful it bird. is a wonderful bird, and it kind of matches the purple shirt that I mean, the pink shirt that I'm wearing. And you know, I got dressed with the lights on today, so I was able to kind of coordinate yeah. all the colors. You're amazing. You're you know, amazing. I mean, a slave to fashion. Mm-hmm. I really am. All right. So some of the questions you can email us, you can text. Laura's going to start with a question that was kind of left over from I think it was uh, who's the douchebag? Who's the douchebag? Or ask the buzz. Um, this woman uh, gave birth to a child, a name that her and her husband her. I was very really excited about the husband was yay I love the name and come to find out he had a relationship with a woman of that name an affair um, yeah and so she wanted to know or we wanted to know do you need both parents to sign off on changing a child's name yeah you can't do it unilaterally in fact it requires an act in front of a judge to have that t- that action take place it's not something that you can just go down to town hall and make the change I mean there's so many layers to unpack in that question but I would tell you that it's not something you can do unilaterally there has to be you know, uh, uh, some joint action as well as court involvement for that name change to take place uh, a custody kind of uh, question here love it is the fact that my ex-wife, her boyfriend, and my nine-and-a-half-year-old prepubescent daughter uh, share a one-bedroom apartment reason enough for the courts to change primary custody? Not necessarily, because they're going to look at the best interests of the child. They're going to determine whether or not the child would have to remain in the school district, what continuity is, is there for the child. You know, I understand your point. You know, should there right. be a separate room for for a young girl that's emerging I- into adulthood? I think there's a certain argument you could make in front of a judge. Will they necessarily say, look, we're going to take the kid out of there? No, it goes to the best interest of the child, and you still have that burden. Yeah, Scotty. I've lived in my house for four years, and there's a guy that's been riding his four-wheeler on my property the whole time. I don't necessarily uh, mind him doing it. But I just want to know, if he gets hurt on my property, am I liable? If I put up a no trespassing sign, uh, signs, am I covered? Well, it, what I would do, say, what I would say is that it's not a blanket answer, are you covered? Because if you create a hazardous condition on your property intentionally, or there's an open area which is, you know, could be construed as dangerous, and they do get hurt on the property, you could have some legal liability there. Putting up a no trespass sign certainly gives you a level of protection because you're putting the party on notice that they're not permitted to travel in that area, and it may act as a defense and potentially a civil action brought against you. I object to creating 
You said the word creating, creating a dangerous thing. What if it's just the way of the land? Well, that's what I'm also saying. I mean, if there are dangerous conditions, if there are sharp, jagged rocks, if there are are steep drop-offs, cliffs of of that nature, and you fail to warn people about that, and you know that they're traveling on the property, you could, in that circumstance, you know, have some some exposure. So that's why I say to you, you know, putting up a no trespassing sign puts the other party on notice, potentially gives you a defense if they were to bring a civil complaint against you. All right, go ahead, Laura. I was stopped for flashing my lights and warning oncoming cars of a speed trap. He pulled me over and said to me for disorderly conduct. I was told that it's a crime to do this, then wanted to make a plea deal for six months with no finding instead of standing up for my rights, First Amendment. What, what are my options in court? Well, I mean, I want to know a lot more about the facts of the case in terms of what the actual complaint read. It, it sounds a little unusual to me that they would bring it as a as a uh, disorderly conduct charge. There's a, a statute that talks about failure to dim, and so if you're flashing your high beams onto oncoming traffic, there's a question there. I will tell you that on a on a complaint that's placed on file without a finding, what that essentially is saying is that if you and if there are no other conditions, if you are of good behavior, which the New Hampshire Supreme Court has defined as being arrest free, committing no uh, major motor vehicle violations violations, misdemeanors, or felonies, that if that period of time passes without there being any uh, dis- disruption or complaint, then the matter would, would no longer be um, on your record in terms of a con- a, as a conviction. Um, but again, the exposure is that if something were to happen, not only would the new offense be a problem for you, but they could bring forward this other offense that's kind of hanging back over your head. But again, I think you'd, I'd want to know more about how they drafted the complaint and more about the facts of the case before I said, blanket, you can do that, you can't do that, because as I say to you, there is a statute that talks about failure to dim, for, and that's something you need to be aware of. Were you... Were you you know, were you talking smack? Did you get because that would be, disorderly conduct? That's more along yeah, the lines but, of something like that. Well, and again, I think you know the 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 exchange between the officer and the driver. I'm sure had a lot to do with whether or not a complaint would be filed. Yeah, and I'm not blaming I'm not blaming the guy that, or the person that wrote it. I'm just saying maybe yeah. it was construed as that it, kind it, of thing. It could have been, and that's why I think the, it's a really a fact intensive uh, question. I have the automatic high beams and dimmers. They go on if there's no cars, right? I rounded a corner. There was a car coming, and the, the the high beams were on, and then they went off, and I got pulled over. Yeah, because the guy's like, "What? Why were you flashing your high beams?" I'm like, "I didn't touch my high beams. They're automatic." And he looked at me like I wasn't telling the truth, and I'm like, "You want to get in and drive it?" I was like, "No, yeah. that they automatically do it. I wouldn't do that." And he's like, "Okay," but I was like, hey, "Right." And the, yeah. the problem is that with this technology, as you've just experienced, it's not necessarily right. foolproof, and yeah. so that's why when we talk about self-driving cars and you know suddenly we can be asleep behind the wheel, that technology is not proven to that level at this point. And while you see it on the news, and you see it in the, usually you see it in the news because someone was sleeping right. and they were driving recklessly or they crashed into something. Uh, let me see here. Uh, da, 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 da. There was one that said, uh, "Hold on, I'm looking for it here." He was basically the person was that I'm a federal employee. Can the government truly strip away my rights hold on flying in here uh, in not wanting me and me not wanting to get a, a, a vaccine that that ship has oh, that train has left the station uh, the federal government has put imposed is imposed a vaccine mandate if you don't want to follow it then you can quit your job and then that is in fact what most of the courts are finding that it, there are these mandates that they are permissible in most circumstances and unless there's a specific religious exception or health exception yeah. you're gonna have to get that vaccine and look in New York City, 9,000 um, firefighters and policemen haven't been vaccinated, and that's a very small percent, believe it or not, of those rescue populations. But you That's know, a still a big number to lose for employees. It is, but they're, but they're, New York City is taking the stand that if you don't get vaccinated, you're not coming to work. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, something that this person heard from an ex that always bothered him. Uh, she found cameras that her husband 
had hidden around their house, including the vents in the bathroom. Didn't understand why, because he could see her most any time. But she found them shortly after her her adult sister and uh, mother had moved in with them due to flooding at their house. This girl called police to alert them about it, but they said because they were in his own home, there was nothing illegal about it. Does that sound right to you? You know, there's a lot more to that question. And where I hear it coming from an ex-spouse, it gives me even more suspect and reason to want to get more facts and information. It's an older story, but is that, yeah. that that's just, it, it, that doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Right. It doesn't sound right. I mean, cool. you could imagine that there has to be a little bit more going on there. And, and particularly where if the party left the house and he left all the cameras in place and they were still recording, there's a whole bunch of different scenarios that I want to know more about before right. I said definitely what, what was and what wasn't. Go ahead, Laura. I've been watching videos. Uh, and showing ID and answering questions from police. So my question is, what is the New Hampshire law regarding the public having to answer police questions and showing ID if we have not committed a crime? Well, in that circumstance, what you run afoul of is, is disobeying a police officer. So, you know, if they're asking you for a reasonable, if they're asking you a reasonable question in a, in a moment of time, you have a problem with that. Um, you know, it, there is the way that, I, and this is so why if they I ask be, for ID, you really, have to show it. Well, I, and here's why I want to be really careful about how I answer this question because it is so fact intensive. It's rare that a police officer would just walk up to you with no other reason and ask you for ID. And so, in those circumstances, to say blanket, well, you can't, you don't have to show them ID. You may not think that there's something going on, but you don't necessarily have all the facts and information yourself. So. I want to be real careful about saying, well, you don't have to produce it because it is a fact-intensive situation. And that's why to say blanket one way or the other, you have to be careful. You have to kind of just be thinking about the situation. Do not just be on your own conduct, but what the police officer may perceive in that moment. They may be looking for someone that looks a lot like you, and an ID would let them know they're wrong, that you're not them, the and, person that may and, have and their again, name, that kind I of thing. I want to be clear that you are free from unreasonable search and seizures here mm -hmm. in the state of New Hampshire. The, our Constitution gives us a higher level of, of co protection than our federal Constitution, but to say something like that on air without having really more information, I think it w would potentially put people at risk for you know answering it or doing it the wrong way. Uh, when I put my trash cans by the road to be picked up, can anyone just go through them, or is that still considered on private property? Well, that's an uh, interesting thing. So, you know, here it was a case out of here in Portsmouth, but in fact, your trash is your trash, that they actually have to get a warrant to go through it. Mm. So, But it's, the average person, like say, if it was somebody else that wasn't a police officer or, or right, can't, can't do yeah, it. Yeah, they're not supposed to be doing it, no. Okay, all right, okay, just checking. <laughs> that is... That's crazy. One more. <laughs> a customer took a picture of my 15-year-old son when he was working his shift at a grocery store because his mask was below his nose. They sent it to the main office. Is taking a picture of a minor even when in public legal without parental consent? It, it, it's not illegal for that to take place. In fact, what they're doing in that circumstance is a documenting a violation so that there's some evidence later on. In this circumstance, I don't see there being any violation. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I know that in public places, you can take pictures. And, in uh, that, and, and if and it's in a public school, I don't see why that wouldn't be necessarily considered a public place. Yeah, it's, a, uh, wow. it's uh, interesting. All right, uh, we're going to take a break. we got more of your wow. questions, so get them in. They're coming in. Free legal uh, advice, people. Text 82945.